Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Compassion Before Judgment podcast. Welcome to the show. The podcast is hosted by my mom, Jagdeep Hare. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here again. Um, I am here today with another guest, with Norma, who is a holistic education specialist and has been for 20 years. Um, What I absolutely love is that she uses the word holistic with a W at the start. So um, she specializes in coaching to unpack the whole situation of external and internal factors to improve academic, energetic, and social emotional results. Norma also has battled cancer in which she found something to help not only other women, but also doctors and other professionals in the medical field. Um, thank you for being here, Norma. Hi, thank you, Jagdeep, for having me. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm, I'm so excited to share you with the audience. You have, you're such a wealth of knowledge. Um, you and I did meet on a clubhouse room, good old clubhouse. Yes, clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, and um, we were in, I can't remember what the room was that we were in, but our conversation went towards labels and the impact of labels on children and, and on all of us. And we really connected on that. So I thought it would be really great to bring that to the listeners and um, chat about that. Yes, it was, um, I think it was a room about parenting, if it gets harder or easier. And, uh, you know, even with that, the labels of parenting, you know, easy or hard. But thank you so much, Jagdeep, to have me on here. Um, My name is Norma, and I have been in education for over 20 years. And I choose the word holistic with the W, just as you described, because we have to look at the whole child when we talk about education. And not just academic, but spiritually, energetically, emotionally. Um, we've done a lot of work in the last 10 years about social emotional awareness. And I think now we're even going into the plane of energetic fields and what that looks like. So when it comes to labels, it is very, very powerful on um, how that manipulates the situation and how kids learn. So I'm very passionate about this topic. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. And this is one of my passions as well, one amongst many, because I just know the impact of labels. Because when we place labels um, on children, they almost start to live those out, don't they? I mean, I, I've seen it, you know, with, with my, I've been in um, working with children since 2001 as well. And then I have my own children and, you know, just the children were around as well. They do start to live out the labels that they're given. So what, how would you like to um, expand on that? Cause you've got, you've got a lot of knowledge here. So, yeah. So I'll give you a, a quick anecdotal. Um, I remember working in a very affluent school district, um, And just in that, right, the label, it's an affluent school district as opposed to a struggling. And I remember at the very top of the year, a guidance counselor will come into our team meeting. It was a middle school and would take the entire list of students and give us anecdotals, not from a point of view of uh, academics, but more of a labeling 
session. Oh, this student has a problem with this student and this student's an overachiever and this student struggles. And I was a new teacher in this district. So I just politely nodded my head. By year two, um, when this occurred a second time, I actually stopped the team meeting and I had asked for the meeting not to occur. And of course, everyone's looking at me like, okay, why is she going against this tradition? And what I asked was, I said, that was last year. And I wish to discover on my own who this person is. Wow. And that changed a dynamic in that space. Because who the, who the student is in my classroom is different than who he is in your classroom. It's who he is from the year prior. So I was really opposed to having the start of the year with this historical context of anecdotals that made me say, hmm, what role did the adult play in showing that? Mm, Absolutely. I absolutely love that because we are putting our own stuff onto everything that we deal with, aren't we? And Oh, I absolutely love that. And that's such a powerful step for you to take in that situation. Like, how how did you come to that? What is your passion in this? Because there has to be a passion in it whenever we do anything, right? Yeah. So I'm the youngest of four children. And I have been blessed with having um, lots of family and adult support. And I started my career, like I said, 20 years ago. I was not a mother. But I always looked at every child as just, I knew that was somebody else's child and I respect parents and I respect that we should treat every young person as this opportunity. In education, they would tell us tabula rasa, that the kid does not come to you blank. The kid does not come to you blank, but it's your colorful marks that you leave on there. Mm -hmm. So being raised in a very um, spiritual mindset as a young person, I look at every being as a whole person. I've without even the formal training. And, and I must say, it is a gift where I just was very lucky to say every human has so many facets to them. So as I grew in my profession, I really look to influence that with other educators and looking at each individual as their own person of seeing everything about them and labels. You know, we tell the kid they're gifted and talented and they rise to it. Mm-hmm. We, we tell the kid that he's lazy. He rise to it. Yes. Yeah. There's a scientist um, in Japan uh, And he did a great study on water. And they talk about how, depending what words you gave to these different molecules of water, the water behaved differently. The plants grew differently. They also did this with rice. And they found that whatever label you're using, you see a result because energy transfers. It really does. So it's a a very passionate and... Once you start labeling, like my students, I taught science. I called them scientists. And they would look at me and they was like, so even when I worked in very poor neighborhoods, and I mean um, 90% free or reduced lunch, students of color, students of low social economic status, students, English was not the first language. Those students were called scientists, just like my affluent students that I had at different districts. Because I truly believe that if I labeled them as intelligent, young, inquiry learning beings, they would believe me. That is amazing. Um, I'm curious. 
sorry. I'm curious. Um, how did you find that with the other educators that you worked with? Because I know um, that can be a big thing as well, because we all bring, like I said, we all bring our own our, our stuff into it. But I find like with my personal experience as well, you can think that way, but then other people around you, like you said, they're bringing you, you know, the child from last year was behaved like this or did this or that, but you saw it very differently. So how were you able to bring that in with the other educators and everybody around you into the school system and, and into life, basically? Well, I truly believe in the power of one and that with one other person, you would just grow. So to educators, you know, if you've ever been into a school, there's always these pods, just like it is with children, it is with adults. It's pods of people that gravitate to, towards one another. And I always felt that if you found one in each of those pods, it would grow. So I was very fortunate to always have another like-minded educator. But I always behaved a little bit more like the mouthpiece for them. So right. it was like... <laughs> They were like, somebody said it. And I was always very lucky to then grow with that one other person and then became two other people. Or I had a school leader who took over a building and had that mindset. And then it just, you know, grew from there. But it's not for everyone. You know, some people will continue their way. Yes. But I always feel that modeling works best in telling. So when they would see that student X behaved very differently in mm -hmm. my classroom. Yes. And then they would start to inquire, well, what's happening? And so little by little, it grew. It's what actually made me become an administrator. And I became a school leader later on because I wanted to have this philosophy, not just in one classroom, but in an entire building. And so that's what I've been doing for the last eight years is transforming school buildings with this philosophy. And, uh, you know, not everyone moves, but I'm not trying to change people. I just want to build on who they are. Right. And just bringing that awareness. Right. Yes. I love what you said about the power of one. I mean, that is that's such a great takeaway right there as well Is whatever we're doing. If we have one person to kind of be there, support us, or even be with us, it does yes. make such a difference. We don't need a big, you know, a, a big group of people or a big movement. Not quite yet, but one at a time, it does make a difference. I absolutely love that. And I wish there were, you know, it's great that you're, you've been doing this for eight years. And I really hope this grows because I, I really believe when we see a child as they are, it makes such a difference than even... I mean, you have children now. You're a mother, right? Yes, I am. I have a middle schooler. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but right, that's the label, middle school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. But I have to tell you, it's so much fun. And I do. And I have a, a young boy who is in third grade. And right. so even with my own children, I'm very, very aware of the labels. Um, my daughter, if you try to call her a princess, <laughs> she will stop you in your tracks. She goes, oh, no, she does not accept that label. <laughs> right. And even even outside of the school system, like even between siblings, like I have two children, um, a, a son and a daughter, and they are all polar opposites. Like the way I parent one is not the way I can parent the other, even though we're in the same house, it's the same environment. 
But even not to put those labels on each of them as she does this or he does that, because those labels just hold so much power, don't they? They do. And, you know, and labels, you learn this from very young, you know, they're adjectives, they're way that we describe things. And the same way that we can describe things negatively, just the power in if we manipulate that into a positive instead um, and then our children will believe this about themselves. Our adults will believe that about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the um, the analogy you gave about the water and the rice. I truly believe in that as well. Um, it's it's just so powerful. Like our, our words, our thoughts, they're so powerful. And I think even if we were to start being just aware as we go about our day, it makes such a difference. You know, we look at the big picture, we think, oh, I've messed up my kid or I've messed this up. You can start right where you are. Like right now, there's no, yes. you know, there's. it's never too late to start, but you just, you got to start right now, right where you are and everything, you know, we can still move ahead with where we are. So I know it, it's, they're very impressionable when they're small. I agree with that, but I do think it's never too late. I mean, how many adults are trying to break through from those beliefs that we have ingrained in us as children. And we're going, I'm not that person that I was told that I am, or, you know, we, we believe it. So we live it out, but then we get to a point where we want to be who we are without those labels. So I think it's really important to just start where we are and not get too caught up in, Oh, I've already messed it up. Or, you know, what am I going to do now? How do you feel about that? No, absolutely. You have the power of a new day. We, you know, the gentleman, Vishna Lankari from Mind Valley, Mind Valley, he has a book called Be Extraordinary. And he talks about rules, uh, these BS rules that we learn as children. Oh, I love in the that. In the culture scape where we start to believe things because it's what we've been told. It's like, what makes you a good mother? everyone will have a different description yes. for us who believes. So again, you know, those labels, um, they are not always negative. They can, they're powerful. And as long as we realize that they're powerful, we should cultivate it to the best to grow someone else. Uh, and I didn't get to share the Japanese, um, quantum physicist. His name is Moto. He's the one who does the experiment on the rice water. Right. Yes. Um, but no, these labels are profound and as parents and um, it's amazing. And, you know, we have to understand as educators, when our children come to us in our classroom, they're bringing their mother, their father, their sibling, all of that other, uh, those other peoples in their life. That's with that young person. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, that is totally with them. So when I say the whole child and that label that I gave, they're all with it, depending how mommy dropped them off that morning. Yeah, carried over. Yes, you know? it absolutely did. And, <laughs> and I noticed with my own children right now with being in school and, and, you know, we're in the middle of COVID. So the whole mask thing, it's it really um, it almost in a way takes me by surprise in how fast children pick up on things and learn things. Um, and, and it just, you know, it. Like I say, it's not too late to start, right? So they haven't, you know, like you just said, the way that we drop them off in the morning, it's there with them. It's present with them. They haven't left it at the door. You know, we say as adults, 
leave your stuff at the door and go into work. Well, we, we can do that, but it goes with us. Everything we do goes with us. And yes, we're all very impressionable, but uh, kids even more so because they look to us as the adults thinking we know better than they do. You know, as we become adults, we start to learn that we are allowed to think for ourselves and do for ourselves. But as children, they're looking to us as you know me better than I know myself. And they're believing everything we're telling them. Yes. You know, years ago, we used to label children in classrooms. Um, I remember teaching at a school in the Bronx and it was like class seven, one, seven, two, all the way to seven, 12. The children knew that if they were in class seven, 12, they were the quote unquote bad class. And the kids who were in level seven, one were the bright children. And it was horrible. It was a system that we put in place that labeled not just the children, it labeled to the outside as well. Everyone yes. knew. So the moment the teacher received a schedule and said, you're teaching class seven, nine and seven, 12, the teacher already walked in with going, oh, this is pointless. What right. am I going to do? I'm so happy that in today's time we've moved, hopefully in all schools, but we've moved away from this model because this is the tone that the children take with them. This is the belief that they carry with them until they go to a room and a space where the adults strip that away from them and rebuild them. And even as adults, we carry some of that baggage from a teacher yes. who said I was going to be great. Um, you know, the rap star, Notorious B.I.G., he talks about his teacher telling him that he would uh, count to nothing. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Here he is as a grown man singing on a radio, on a record, still recalling negative impact that he experienced as a child. Yes. Yeah. And you know, something that a friend shared with me last year, and this really resonated with me. She said, you know, when we're like each teacher is there for that year with the child, six months to a year, whatever they're there for, they're looking at ABC, right? Right now. And she said, but as parents and as, you know, outside of them, we're looking at the rest of their life. So, you know, she said, we've got After the ABC, she said, we have the rest of the alphabet and we've got to get them through all the rest of that. And when she said that, I mean, it really resonates with me because it's so true. Like as a teacher, you're seeing the child right now. When you're telling that child, you're not going to do good in in life or what are you doing? Like, you know, all these things that we say to children, you're not looking at what's going to happen after you're done the year with them, but the children are taking that with them and going, but that teacher said to me that I'm not good at, let's just say something in gym or math. Like that teacher said to me, I'm not good at that. And the teacher said it gone. She's moved on to the next year, but the kids have now taken that and gone. And the next year going, but I'm not even good at math. So I'm not going to do math. Absolutely. You are so, so, so right. And even as parents, when you mentioned before, you know, as a mom now, my children, you know, siblings, they, uh, they have their share of words to one another. Yes. <laughs> and I really try to speak to um, my daughter who is older. She has a tendency of telling her brother, like, you're so annoying <laughs> or you, and I tell her and I, 
asked her, I said, what if you describe the action as being annoying versus him as a character and getting her to distinguish between the two? Is he annoying or is the action annoying? Right. I love that. Yes. Because then I don't want him to take on that belief as well. Or when he says, oh, Julia, you're so mean. No. What action did she do that upset you? Oh, I absolutely love that. So if that's one thing that I can try to say, like, describe the situation that is annoying you or what's bothering you, even with our spouse. I've been married 16 years and I've learned that it's better for me to say, like, you know, I, I really can use some help with the dishes versus saying you don't ever help. Right. Um, yeah. Turning it to the situation as opposed to just labeling the person. I just found that you get such greater results. Oh, I absolutely love that. Yes. And yeah, I find that such a great way to wrap this up. I mean, I'd love to have you on again. You, this is, this oh, is, oh, this is great. And uh, <laughs> I feel like we could be here for hours talking about this. Um, but I absolutely love what you just said there. Even if we could take that away. Um, I find myself as well, when I get frustrated with something, I have to stop myself and go, I'm not frustrated at the person, I'm frustrated at the situation. Yes. And then it really changes the the energy around that, doesn't it? Because it's like, it's not the person that's doing this to me. It's a situation that's making me feel this way. It's It's just really separates the two. It's not the person, it's the action. Like you said, that is amazing. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. There's a book called Switch. And it says, what looks like a people problem is a situation problem. Oh, I love that. Wow. Another great nugget there. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. So Norma, where can the listeners um, find you? What's the best way to connect with you? Sure. Um, You can find me on Instagram at the school coach. Uh, you also can find me at my website, theschoolcoach.org. And there you can connect with me with my Linktree or LinkedIn. And um, I'm on Clubhouse. And I would love to connect some more, especially, you know, if you have any questions that deal with uh, your kids and education or just about anything. That's great. Thank you so much, Norma. I will add all your links into the description so that they can just click on that and find you. And if anybody does have any questions, please reach out to uh, Norma. I mean, she's a wealth of knowledge. And thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Norma. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you have any suggestions, we would love to hear from you.